0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.
1: Hey, guys, why don't we eat?
2: Hey, dear dog, of course, I'll have your spam. I love it I'm oh, in Spam, Spam, Spam Cornblank Cornblank
0: Cornblank Cornblank
2: Any hey, man fancy a point. Suit you, sir Spam, 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 Spam Baked beans, Spam, Spam, Spam and Spam I said I don't want any damn vegetables
0: Lentils are really good, you know
3: Mmm, forbidden donut oh.
0: 12.02 and uh, 0.5, we will say. Yeah. 12.02.5. At the third stroke, it will be... I wonder if there would be people that have never heard that. No.
1: They the, switched the talking lives. clock off a few years yes. ago and it was like, oh. At the third stroke.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fabulous humans out there. And everyone in
1: between you. those Thank distinctions. You. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Mm. Um, as we wave goodbye to Norfolk Island and all who live there and uh, and the fabulous science that Dr. Shane and his crew bring to you every Sunday. We love you. We thank you. And it's going on completely deaf ears. (laughs) Oh, well. But we do, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we have great admiration. Matt Steadman.
1: Cameron Smith, it's good to be staring across this radio panel at you, as always. Can't
0: it's, believe I'm looking at you. It's
1: a, oh, gee, it's a sultry old day hey? here in Melbourne town. If you are an asthma sufferer, uh, oh.
0: beware. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, preventer, preventer, yes. preventer. Take it and uh, make sure that you have uh, whatever generic um, aspect of Ventolin that you yes. might need, because you, you might and just, uh, need just it.
1: maybe try and stay indoors. It's, it looks a bit nasty out there but yeah, we'll see oh you've got your rain matter up oh,
0: yeah. i have i have indeed uh so yeah anyway it uh, seems to be missing the city at the moment but we'll see what happens yes once it gets hotter uh because one of the things of this time of year is that you see different sort of clouds and you see them with the heat of the afternoon rising mm-hmm. into the stratosphere to make rain yes yeah there we go but uh, i'm here to uh with you to talk foody stuff, and uh, on today's show, we're going to be going to South Yarra, and we're going to speak with uh, the publican of um, a hotel that I think has always thought has got a fabulous aspect: the Botanical Hotel on Domain Road. They're overlooking the park. Domain Road, South Yarra, is one of the most is one of our prettiest streets. I think it is. It would be. Uh,
1: Phenomenal, to live there. It
0: uh, is very, very rarefied atmosphere oh, just too. To, well, yeah, it's the. Oh no, I don't want to. They quite
1: have the bankroll, unfortunately. I, I
0: don't want to insult the people of South Yarra. No,
1: I wouldn't. We love you all, most of you at least, most of the time. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, but we're going to be talking to Robbie about um, uh, the Botanical Hotel um, and uh, some of the, maybe the other places that he's run. But he's also has an interesting um, COVID story, COVID coping mechanism. Yes, COVID coper. COVID coper. Yep. So we'll be uh, have a quick, quick chat with him. Uh, John is at the market and uh, gives me a geography lesson. Oh, good. Trevizo. Mm. I don't know where the hell it was. Yeah. I don't think he did either, but he sort of had a vague idea. Uh, we were talking in, in regards to Radicchio, but he's uh, in good form. You'll be happy to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will be having a little fresh pasta. When he gets home. Oh, what a delight! Yeah, which he always says. Mm. I always ask him. So, what do you have in oh, pasta? A bit, of, oh, a bit of fresh pasta, but uh, and then he and then he extrapolates. About, oh, but tomorrow, well, then we <laughs> feast. So John will be there, and uh, and then Sharon Flynn, who's becoming a bit of a regular. The, yes. um I would say the queen of fermentation mm. in this city, in this uh, land, and uh, her mastermind subject for. This afternoon mm. is lemons. Oh, how do you ferment a lemon? How do you indeed? And uh, and I think she'll be, she might be saying how to make limoncello. Mm. And I might ask her about barley water because I've always been interested in that stuff.
1: You can always tell when the lemons are in because anyone with a lemon tree becomes everyone's best friend. Do because they? suddenly you've got. This abundance of lemons that you just can't get rid of.
0: Do you want some lemons? Oh, I okay. can It's the opposite of someone who has a ute and everybody <laughs> wants to be your friend when they have to move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hello, Barry. What are you doing today? But if you're the. Do pr- you want to drive to Frankston?
1: <laughs> just give me a do hand. Me,
0: do you give me a hand with some
1: some bricks but if you're the owner of a fecund lemon tree you know you've 11 year, uh, months of the year your life is normal and then for 4 weeks it's just trying to get rid of these goddamn lemons
0: yeah well that's why and that's why the lord also uh invented no i shouldn't make fun of that um mm. that's why we have preserved lemons yes
1: have you ever made preserved lemons uh no i have not, you should not I, I, I've eaten them but i've not if I preserve them myself. They're easy. They're easy to do. So anyway, we'll talk to Sharon about that.
0: Mm. Um, let's have a little chat before we sure. uh, we move on. I wanted to uh, just say great news mm. for a cafe establishment institution in Burke Street.
1: I don't use this word. Often, Go but on. it is very iconic of Melbourne. Oh, yes. is the exterior and interior of Pellegrini's Cafe there on Burke Street?
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. So Pellegrini's down there in sixty-six Burke Street, Melbourne. Um, Eat, drink, design awards were released mm-hmm. um, recently, and they cast around to find the the good and the worthy and the celebratory in regards to space and architecture. Yes. And i got to say, they got to bang on when they have um, awarded uh, recognition for this esteemed institution, mm-hmm. a place so simple. Um, I used to do a lot of food tours back in, you know, pre-19. Yep. And uh, one of the great joys I had was, first of all, getting school kids to try their first Brazil where. Wet- <laughs> Rex coffee, which was kind of interesting and maybe in in <laughs> reflection, maybe something we maybe shouldn't have done, yeah. really. You, oh, got, yeah. you
1: got to hand them off at 4pm and ah! back to... Woo!
0: Oh, my God, I feel weird. Um, yeah, Lisa Simpson seeing through time, yeah. time stuff, you know. It's like a moment they'll never forget when they tried the Brazil Rex because Pellegrini's is famous mm. for a very, very... Uh, how do we put it, robust espresso blend. Yes. Dark, dark, dark. Yeah. <laughs> caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. But it's just an amazing space that has um, managed to resist renovation. We were talking about that off air, weren't yeah, we? Yeah,
1: I think that's one of the more surprising aspects of Pellegrini's is that, you know, in, in the 90s or the no one wanted to zhuzh it up. Yeah. Um, and now...
0: Yes, it's celebrated it, it, for
1: that. Exactly, it feels like a moment in time uh, that's been preserved, which is which is a really special thing.
0: I used to love pointing out the fact of the facade because it's so beautiful. The, you know, the, the, the wooden doors with the slanted handles mm-hmm. that go from across the actual doorway. But if you if you look at it and really regard it. The um, the fact that it's faced the top half of it once you get past the windows, which also reminds me of a very famous painting called Nighthawks. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that painting, which is looking into a cafe late at night? It was about oh yeah yeah yeah, you know the one I mean yeah yeah. Um, So but uh, on the top of that, it's it's is just simple clad in corrugated iron, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there's these two rails of steel Mm -hmm. that go there. Which house these handmade lettering Mm -hmm. that have been sculpted, you know, little eyes have got a little thing above there. I don't know. It's a beautiful place. And for those that are just into the detail, the other thing that I love about other than the checkerboard floor and the stools and everything is, I don't know if you've noticed it, but in the right-hand corner is a pillar. It's a supporting pillar Mm. um, of the building. And there's this beautiful splash of colour. It's this aqua turquoisey tiles that mm-hmm. are that are on there. Have you ever noticed I that? I haven't noticed that no. Next time you go on just check it out, because mm. it's just this little shook I don't know, it doesn't make that sound. <coughs> there's a little spec colour that comes down. So Bravo to Pellegrinis. Hear, hear. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that, man? No. No? Um, and now from the sublime to the ridiculous and the, <laughs> uh, the unfortunate, um, we have been witness again to uh, the, although they haven't trotted out the cliché, um, if I may be allowed to just utter it, yes, thank you, Petri dish,
1: yes, remember that yeah you're talking of course of the uh, cruise ship industry I am and indeed. we've seen returns of cruise ship in the news this week we've seen that
0: that filthy polluting industry, <laughs> that environmentally <laughs> sus model that incubator of ghostness, and maybe a certain type
1: of person not not a fan of cruise's cam
0: ah uh, no. <laughs> No, I'm not. I think they're just some of the most disgusting-looking things with the, some of the worst environmental aspects.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, if, if that's your
1: thing, in, in my view, no judgment, but do look into... No well, you know... From it, you. It, it, from me, personally, yeah. but uh, do look into uh, the environment. Like, the, to run those things is very impactful from an environmental and pollution point the of
0: view. The like, fuel... Anyway, but... Yeah. Um, okay, so let me just anyway, bring you back. Yes. McBoat McBoatface.
1: I remember Bodie McBoatface.
0: That's a ship I'd be happy to go on board because yep. it's a happy sounding kind of name, right? <laughs> all right. I um, have to say, I have to profess ignorance because I don't know which um, uh, cruise line of this is. Maybe it's Royal
1: Caribbean. But anyway, only two, actually. It's it's kind of like. Caribbean? Uh, they're all owned by one of two massive mega companies, anyway. So
0: they pay no tax. Yeah, and they're all stationed in the Bahamas. That wasn't me. Anyway um, But uh, Okay So uh, fast forward There is a proposed um, Boat that should be Boat ship That should be finished In 2024 mm-hmm. Bodie McBoatface Had a great nickname That was named By the people mm-hmm. This one is um, Going to be christened The icon of the season It's just this Floating behemoth of, uh, That holds
1: 10,000 people 10,000 people On 10, a boat 10,000 people On a boat I think it, Stories upon stories. 20 decks or whatever it might have. And
0: there was a nickname that came and became a meme. Do you want to mm. say it? Go and say it.
1: I read about this ship and there was a, there was a, f- a photo of the back of one of those oh. mega ships with all these sort of levels and layers.
0: And fake palm trees and gaudy colours and slides and everything.
1: And someone took one look at it and said... Human lasagna. If there
0: ever was something that was just so apt, so beautiful, um, we're, um, we're carrying on, but we want to come back and just uh, reflect on a couple of places before we speak to Ravi oh, after this.
2: You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. <laughs>
0: RRR. The Sunday afternoon marches on as we move towards 1216 and we await the next band of uh, exciting weather to come uh, to us. <laughs> but uh, using the miracle of the modern telephone, we go south. We head over the Yarra to, uh, to what I think is, uh, is a pub with one of the great views in Melbourne and one of the great locations we have on board. Uh, Ravi, how are you? I'm great, Cam. How are you? Good, mate. Long time no see. It's been. It uh, has been a while. It, it's been. Uh, it has it has been a while. I was uh, was talking with Matt um, <clears throat> about the uh, the bot and saying, geez, you've got a great outlook there. You're. Um, it's it's an amazing area, isn't it?
3: Ah, oh, it's a great postcode. North facing, plenty of greenery and the uh, botanic gardens at, <laughs> your, at your doorstep. So I. Yeah. I'm extremely proud of where we are, and the community is amazing. So it makes it all that more enjoyable.
0: And interesting neighbours too. I mean, you know, you got uh, have you got still Michael Bakash chasing uh, fishmongers <laughs> down the road when they uh, when they shortchange him on the flathead? Uh,
3: he's, yeah, yeah, he's still weighing every fillet, as it arrives. <laughs> yes, <laughs> count those oysters. Yeah, <clears throat> but you got to watch the fishmongers. That, that part I do know. Yes.
0: Um, yes. What am I doing? I've I'm, I'm, I'm
1: just got a note we just from Matt. We just haven't said the name of the hotel.
0: Do we not say the Botanical Hotel? We have now. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Gee, i am going to learn this radio biz. Um, I don't know. But um, uh, the one thing I was reflecting with Matt before, uh, Ravi, that you're no stranger to being in places with great views because... Well, maybe the Grosvenor, not so much, but uh, certainly the Point Restaurant back in the day, that was a place that must have been such a pleasure to come to work.
3: Oh, it certainly was, Cam, and I, I do recall uh, the last day there as we sold it and on oh. settlement, looking, I couldn't sleep the night before and went in early that morning and you could see the uh, the hot air balloons oh. landing in and around you uh, on the lake across Albert Park was was like glass it was just the, a postcard moment but uh, you know the view it the view is enjoyable and it, and it does make uh, going to work a little bit easier mm-hmm. but uh, for me it's always been about the community that you're a part of so even in St Kilda Reef <coughs> while St Kilda was perhaps on the nose at the time St Kilda Reef uh it was a pleasure to be in amongst that community there too
0: yeah yeah well uh, there was also the i I still think uh um those that might have frequented in your era, and i think it still carried on was i reckon it's one of the great bottle shops because you came up with a great idea of well maybe we don't have to sell just booze
3: yeah so we uh we integrated some grocery lines into the into the drive through as well and then there was a store in there. And we built that into a drive-through burger bar, and I know drive-through burger uh, restaurants isn't anything new, but to do it out of a bottle shop uh, off the highway and uh, and actually serve good burgers—they were was, good burgers. uh, was something that was very well received. But
0: uh, I had the... <laughs> more than a, more than a couple of those. Sorry,
3: yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. But yeah. Uh, more so over to the Botanical Hotel. I don't want to talk too much about about oh, pa- no. i coming up to 30 years in the industry, Cam, and it's
0: yeah. my age. I ah, know, mate. Well, okay, well, let's, let's go to the the, the present, uh, the near present. In How long have you been at the bot for now? Four years. Four years? Oh, okay, so that, of course, brings us to uh, the obvious question is that you were inhabiting South Yarra on that fabulous postcode that you allude to during a very difficult time.
3: Yeah, we had a little bit of steam in the tank, so to say, so so to speak, leading into uh, COVID, if I dare mention it. But we had two years of stop-start, and as a result of those, uh, you know, stop-start and trying to work out how to keep the team together, employed, and... And you know the brand relevant. We developed a range of heat and serve meals, really, uh, which now are stocked nationally in over two hundred and twenty uh, independent grocers and Woolworths Metro, which what? isn't much. Don't, but what do you
0: mean uh, it isn't much?
3: It's amazing. Uh, I'm told if you want to be taken seriously in the in the retail space, you need to have at least fifteen hundred outlets, and we're just uh. starting. We're in our infancy, cam, but it has. But it is a good news story to come out of COVID. All right.
0: And, so, but how did who, okay, whose idea was that to say, okay, we can't feed punters in the place, let's outsource it all to the rest of the country? or the, I suppose it would have started off as to maybe people in the area. How, how did it come about?
3: Well, it came about that we had, first of all, we had ingredients and we set up all these little sort of take-home meals and we we're just selling them mm. over the counter here to the uh, to our community. Uh, passers by that, you know, were after it. Well, actually, yeah. they just wanted to support. So we had to work out how could they support us. Okay. So we developed five savoury, three sweet, what we call pub classics. Yeah. tuna mornay, you yeah. Know, a traditional lasagna, yeah. a chicken, leek, mushroom pie, yeah. a shepherd's pie, shepherd's pie, yes. and, uh, and it was very well received. But when we were allowed to open to the public for dining guests again, mm. given the response of the community and the support we received, uh, I went and approached Alistair Dobbs, who now heads up our retail. And Alistair and I have worked together off and on for almost three, uh, 30 years, for so three decades. Oh, okay. And we then thought, let's let's actually make a fist of this. We can. This is a business, and it's a very very um, well regarded sector in, in retail. But there wasn't anyone doing chef-led, proper, wholesome, you know, Australian ingredients and. You know, not so much looking about shelf life and frozen product, but also mm. about you know taking that restaurant home, and uh, giving the the guest that experience. So it's now, as I said, in over 220 uh, independents and Woolworths Metro across Australia, and and we imp- it employs a team of seven on its own.
0: What's the name of the label?
3: South Yarra Daly Bio Botanical Hotel.
0: Oh well, hey, you that's now your colours to the mast, isn't it?
3: <laughs> well, like... originally it was all under the banner of Botanical Hotel, but uh, yeah. we wanted to have a level of separation. So, uh, And I must admit, like whilst I came up with the idea and we developed it, if mm. it wasn't for the support of the likes of the Dana family out in Baldwin, who have got probably one of the best independent grocery stores in um, Australia, right. uh, being Boccaccio Sellers and Boccaccio Grocery and Supermarket, mm. um, I remember delivering to them in the boot of my car and saying, could you please help support... <laughs> And they, that were fantastic. As a family, gave us great uh, fridge height uh, spacing, oh, and yeah. it's grown from from that.
0: Wow! Congratulations! And um, uh, and is there like a? You told me about the the range. Is there one that sort of emerged as the, the the clear winner in in terms of uh, penetration with the market?
3: Yeah, beef Bourguignon. Beef boogie. Yeah, beef Bourguignon. and. Yeah. You know, it's just, it has been that and apple crumble mm. um, are the front runners. But you can also look, you can also speak to the uh, the lasagna or the tuna mornay or the you know the chicken mushroom leek pie. They all do very well. But the beef bourguignon is the is the front runner.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that's um, congratulations on that. And uh, and of course, uh, so as you said, you can get them in Woolworths. Um, what would they be? They'd have to be in a refrigerated cabinet, wouldn't they?
3: They're all, yeah, so the dairy we? section. The what? Um, but we're in Piedmontis, we're in Leo, supermarkets. we're in Boccaccio, Woolworths Metro. Uh, okay. Most IGA's, most Richie's IGA, uh, and we're getting ourselves for, uh, ready for a pretty busy summer with uh, IGA Blair Gowrie, where it's very well received, and, and I think, you know, people Blair. stock up their uh, refrigerator and, uh, and and look forward to coming home off the beach and just Heating it up either in the microwave or the oven. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so I always recommend the oven. Mm. But um, they uh, heat it up, and it you know it can feed two to three guests each portion. So wow,
0: okay. Uh, well, uh, congratulations on that, and and also what's happening at the pub these days? So is it still going well? And
3: it's definitely ticking along well. It's come back very strong after yeah. COVID, which you know, I was you know very proud of, and. Uh, we're a team of almost 70 now, both back of house and front of house. And, combined, and you managed so. to
0: hang on to most of your staff during these, we, the troubles? We
3: kept, we kept just under 50 employed full-time throughout the, uh, the lockdown period. Uh, oh. They were busy either packing, uh, you know, massive shout-out to my mate Shane who's, you who know, came up with Provador, and, and that was a mm. lifeline to most of us. Yep. So that kept us engaged, kept us busy, uh, a level of routine, structure, mind of what was going on you know, in the news and the doom and gloom and just coming into work and getting it organised and getting it done and keeping that brand alive. So, yeah, yeah. to keep up to 50 employees throughout was fantastic.
0: You're a great man in this industry and I think this town is better for you being there. Congratulations on the pivot. and you, uh, And, yeah, watch out for Michael Bacash chasing those... <laughs> those, those we those love f- him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Love, Michael. Uh, love you too. Great to chat. And uh, may you have an awesome Sunday lunch service there, which is, should be well underway.
3: Thank you, Cam. Take care and uh, look forward to pouring your beer soon.
0: Cool, that sounds good. Okay.
3: See you, Robbie. Bye. <laughs> right, see you, Matt. Bye, Cam. Bye.
0: Robbie Yanni down there in uh, the Botanical, and as I said. Yeah,
1: great uh, operator within mm. this town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we've spoken today about Pellegrini's. We've spoken about botanicals. Another place you were going to mention too. Oh, at the we start both, of the we, show.
0: We both had a bit of a fave that we were going we to have did. a little free kick. Uh, one was um, <clears throat> a, uh, a old uh, alumni of three Triple mm. R Maryland Tobacco mm. uh, said, "Come on, Cammy, we're going to have some lunch." And uh, she and had, said, OK. Yeah, you betcha. And uh, she has only one place that she frequents, and that's Mario's down in Brunswick Street. And yes. I had not been to Mario's for so long. And like Pellegrini's, Mario's is a glorious time capsule of Melbourne. <laughs> First started in the mid-'80s um, by, the, uh, by the two... Uh Mario's Pasquale and mm-hmm. macaroni, if I'm very much mistaken. Hasn't changed a bit and mm-hmm. it just it's just humming and I had the best meal there and sitting at the table there it was uh oh, I was almost thinking that I was gonna see Chris Hatz's. <laughs> you know, scouring over a, a latte because um, a lot of the times the, the breakfasters used to go there. They used to hang there. We used to sometimes go there way, 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 way
1: back. Back and, when uh, Brunswick Street Fitzroy was kind of the front door for Triple R. It's not yeah, anymore. It sure yeah, it sure was. And it sure was.
0: In the days of when they had the. Remember the Brunswick Street Festival?
1: Yes. They were great. That was 20-plus years ago. We're both showing our age now, just reminiscing.
0: Oh, we are, aren't we? Yeah, but I would still say it's uh, still the same, still a wonderful place to eat in in Brunswick Street. Did you want to
1: mention a place? I was going to mention... um, Supernormal. Yeah, because we were just talking about some of the great places just to sit and enjoy Mm -hmm. in Melbourne, and I would add to the list that you've started... The counter, just, this, just the, the, the tabletop counter at the Eating at the bar. It is the best place to eat in that restaurant. It's a long bar. It's. I think there's about 30 seats there. They're all numbered.
0: It uh, really is. And if you're in the right section, you can watch people. Because yes, there's a bar section food. at mm-hmm. the top part of the restaurant. And sort of halfway down, you're in the guts of service preparation. And if you go right down to the end, there's somebody doing... Twenty million peanut butter
1: parfaits. Yeah, awesome.
0: What are you doing? Parfaits. Parfait, it's parfait, parfait, parfaits. It's all parfaits
1: and lobster rolls. But I, yeah. I've often said I've nominated Supernormal as the restaurant. I would say if you're only in Melbourne for you know a couple of days, if you've got interstate visitors or whatever, Super Normal ticks a lot of boxes. Down a laneway, yeah. uh, uh, open, insanely good hours, mm-hmm. um, cool Asian fusion food. Yep. Um, never had a bad bite at super normal no um, and so yeah just oh, we were there a couple of weeks ago and yeah. just, just sitting there at the counter it's yeah. like, this is this is a, a, a really it's a it's a privilege to be able to sit here and uh and eat this food and 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 watch the whole room work it's a really good vibe i can't argue with that
0: mm. and cheaper than Kizumay too it is, cheap, it is cheaper than his <laughs> mates to cross the road. You'll, you'll get away uh, without, uh, yeah, without uh, the, the wallet. Just pain. don't
1: lean on the sake too much because that's how you really burn through some cash. But, oh, really? Yeah. And go easy on the lobster rolls. Yeah. yeah.
0: Easy on the lobster rolls, okay? It's 12.29 here on 3 Triple RFM. We're going to have a little bit of a break. We're going to yeah. go to the market. John gives a geography lesson. And coming up will be Sharon Flynn talking about all things lemon and fermentation.
1: Hi, I'm Gordon Ramsay. Welcome to 3 Triple I'm with Cameron, and please listen to Eat It, otherwise you are going to be in big trouble.
2: And we're rolling. Good morning. Good morning, Cameron. How are you today? I am better for seeing you, my friend. Better for seeing you. That's well, good because you're in a beautiful place. The sun's shining. Yeah, yeah. I can feel the warmth that's not on our shoulders yet but I just went down the street there for a minute and it's glorious and yes. um, it's going to be a magic day. If the rain comes, it comes. If it doesn't come, it's a bonus.
0: I reckon it's going to be a magic morning and people can do what they need to do and one of those things could very well be come down to the Queen Victoria Market to uh, pick up the, the multitude of produce that is in front of us. It's looking good.
2: It is looking good. I hope that people do come because we've got the best produce we've seen for a long time. It's nice and vibrant.
0: Yeah, you've got a lot of tomatoes beautiful there. Beautiful
2: rain, uh, even stuff that's in the glass houses have had uh, the condition that they want, so the tomatoes yeah. are all vibrant. Yes. Uh, we've got about 10 or 12 different varieties, so yeah. if you want to come down to Tomato City, uh, you can have the best salad or the best uh, soups, whatever. People are still making beautiful tomato soup. Um, and we've got a lot of things to go with it as well. Nicely put. I like that. That's Definitely. You're very eloquent this morning and,
0: uh, uh, I've and concise. A good,
2: I've had a beautiful coffee, you see. Oh, uh, Have you? Iced coffee today, not hot. Because oh, hot. You're,
0: you're one in front of me. All right, so it's show and tell time uh, with John. Hey, listen, before we do go into show and tell, very quickly, um, are we seeing any um, uh, price rises that have come through uh, with...
2: Well, the flooding, let's say the flooding that's around Australia. Not at the moment. I think we're, we're very, very lucky. Uh, I'm not worried so much about a, a, a price rise. Mm. I'm more worried about quality, and that's proved by um, the hand-picked beans that I've got today. Um, they cost me $9 a kilo, and that's what I'm selling them for. Yep. And I'm actually saying to people, look, don't bother, I'm going to give them them away. Um they couldn't get in to pick them because it was raining, so they were a little bit plumper than they should have been. Yeah. And when they left the farm, they were in immaculate condition, but by the time I had them on a the bench, you know, they've puffed up a little bit more. They're not as nice and bright and, yeah. and tender as they should be. So um, that's what we're worried about. The peas also look a little bit more fuller than they should be, but still very sweet. Yes. Um, and there, as a matter of supply whether they can get in and pick them. Mm. But everything else... Um, Other than zucchini and eggplant, they've spiked a little bit, only a few dollars a kilo. Yep. Um, Again, more quality than anything. Um, If you look at a lot of the videos around, you'll see that people are holding up zucchinis with scratches on them, and they're saying, well, you know, you've got to expect it. It's windy. It's raining. Yeah. The the leaves are very prickly. They scratch the product. The zucchini is just so nice and juicy um, and sweet. They're not bitter. Uh, like that can be sometimes. So it doesn't matter if they don't look pretty, as long as it's fresh, or if it's not so fresh, you go home and cook it straight away. Mm. There's no drama cooking stuff that is still good, but not at at its peak. I'm thinking of the aroma... Of a, of a sort
0: of baby zucchini, you know, when you fry it and you get that browning action, wow.
2: the caramelization. You, that is one of the great smells of cooking. It is, because uh, I've been brought up on that stuff when um, yeah. we were younger. Um, you know, you go home from end of market, you're tired, yeah. uh, you want something quick, so you get a zucchini, uh, chop, chop, chop into little rounds, into mm. the hot olive oil oh. by the time you go and grab a tomato and an egg and crusty yeah. bread, you've got a meal yeah. You know. Uh, and then if you had a little bit longer, you'd probably shove a quick steak beside that as well and hey. who can complain about that so yeah, the, the, people have forgotten to fry zucchini like that, when you're golden and brown they've got just such a unique colour and, and texture mm. and aroma as well Oh, agreed. and also, um,
0: we can take it one stage further if you get uh, zucchini and cut them into, uh, not like a dice, but if you cut rounds and then cut around so you get little segments, right? So that's probably the easiest way to do it. Salt it very, very quickly, right? So you just take away some of those juices. Yes. And then what you do is you just put it in a paper towel so it's dried off a bit. Then fry them hard. A little bit of flour, seasoned flour, fry them hard. Unbelievable garnish for pasta
2: because wow. you get this crunch. I'd like to go one more step, a a little bit of batter around it. Yeah. And and Franca did that last night with eggplant. Yeah. Normally we like to crumb them and, you know, you make eggplant chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she battered them last night and they were gorgeous, you know. What
0: what does she put in her batter?
2: Is she a beer batter? Uh, no, 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 no. She's, um... Flour, water, whatever. A bit of I'm salt. not allowed to ask, you know. Okay. <laughs> There'll be, they'll, Not because they've... it's a secret, because it's not my business. It's and her it... job to cook, and, and my it... job to stay out of the way. Stay out of the kitchen. There'll be an egg there somewhere,
0: though, and, oh, uh, and maybe self-raising flour. Yes, All right. Definitely. Back to the show and tell. Sorry,
2: I've uh, uh, we went on a little bit of a tangent there. No, it's uh, a good tangent because uh, when food evokes memories, it really makes me happy. Yes. Now well, I've got this beautiful. Lettuce, oak leaf, no oak, green. Yes, green oak. Green oak. We've got a red oak as well. We've got butter as well. It's got a little bit of a, a yellow tinge on one leaf, but it's still very, very vibrant, very crisp. When you make a salad with these, I keep saying to people, keep it, keep it simple. Mm. A little bit of olive oil, just a dash of vinegar, yes. a little bit of salad onion in it, and away oh. you go. And talking about salad onions, we've got beautiful. Um, Fresh white flat salad onions. Yep, they're not a lot, lot around the market, but I've got some. Yep, um, you get about three beautiful onions for five dollars. Even if you slice them thinly and um, put oil and vinegar on them and let them sit, mm. uh, they soften up. And then when you eat them, they're just so sweet, it's like getting a crunchy apple. Really, uh, and okay. it complements the, the salad. And also, I brought a radicchio now. Unfortunately, the weather's been against the radicchio. This oh. is a beautiful, tight heart, the size of a cricket ball. Yep. This came out of Queensland. The local ones got affected a lot by the water, and they're really small and open. Yep. Um, you only need a little bit of radicchio, maybe three or four outer leaves into the salad, uh, and then back into crisper until next time, and then another five or six leaves in the lettuce in the salad. Um, the Ridicchio is good for you because it's what we call a bitter. Yep. It's a blood purifier as well. It's full of vitamins and minerals, beautiful texture, beautiful colour. Come on, tell me the colour. Uh, magenta. Beautiful magenta. Magenta. That's it's right. a beautiful, beautiful and, and colour. Got, um, beautiful um, white veins. Yep. This is a round one, it's a Milanese. The long one is a Treviso. Treviso. The Treviso is better to cook and eat. This well, one's can better I ask to. ask a question, eat. just yeah.
0: the dumbass here. Yeah. You know, the apprentice to you yeah, after all these right. years. You're doing all right, mate. Don't Thanks, worry. Thanks, mate. Uh, Trevizzo, that's a place that's named after?
2: Yes, there's... Which um, is... They are both cities in North Italy. Yeah, got that one. But where's Trevizo? Uh, Northern, uh, Northern Italy. Northern yeah. Italy, probably close to the coast. Yeah, Close enough. See, that's that's my bucket list. I still haven't been to Italy, but anyway, oh, you've got to get there. I know. It's thirty know. years since I've been. I'm dying to yeah. go. Yeah. Oh
0: God. But anyway, the Trivito is longer. It's like a cos lettuce, but magenta. Think yes. of it that way.
2: More, more wider on the bottom. Mm. You could even, I don't know. I shouldn't say this, but it's getting closer to a Chinese cabbage look. Wombok. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, yeah. Wombok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it, it's beautiful. You know, the, the long one. Like I said, you can either eat it raw or you can. Um, cook it. You can make a, um, a like stufado. Uh, who? Sorry? Stifado? Uh, stufato. Yes, stufato. Yes. 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 Oh okay. told you, You're getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> the, the the French actually um, either brush it with oil and grill it, or they throw yeah. a hot steak on top. Yeah. And and by the time your steak's sitting, a resting, oh, the, the the uh, trevizos warm through, oh, nice. uh, and you get. Juices are coming through. Juices coming through, the sweetness of the meat, the strength of the Trevizo, and it's a good marriage. It is a beautiful marriage. And here's another crazy marriage,
0: which uh, uh, was taught to me many moons ago now, where you get a Trevizo and... You get angry with it. You really do. And you cut it in half and then you grill it really, really hard until it's all charred and, and cooked through. And then, and then you cut that and then you put that through a risotto.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I saw That's a crazy. video of that. And I saw another one. Um, this, this girl, she, she put it on a bench and went spastic with a knife on it. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't say that again. <laughs> Wait a second, checking date, it is 2022.
0: Ixnay on the spatsnay. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, uh, she went to completely she, she, to town on it. Oh, completely is uh, an yeah. understatement. Yeah. And, and then, you know, she threw it in a pan mm-hmm. and and then just warmed it through and then threw that in the, in the um, salad. Uh, oh. So I'd like to try that too. So, uh, hot and cold salad. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that'll
0: go. Well, it interesting. It'll be certainly uh, a contrast in, in taste and textures. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, and that's, that's
2: ridiculous. To, to further complement our salad that we were on about a few yeah. minutes ago. Here we go. Um, I've got half of a cucumber. Yeah. Um, I, I broke it for two reasons. One, the end was bruised, and the other, I wanted to show you what it's like inside. Um, What's it like I'll, inside? I'll explain it to you. It's... This is a long cucumber, the, the what we call a continental cucumber, um, because they want a lot of straight, beautiful cucumbers so they can wrap them for the supermarkets. Mm. They pull all these ugly, curly little ones off oh. and uh, put them in a bag and send them to market rather than throw them out. Good. And they're better because they haven't been pumped with water yet. They've got very little moisture in them, very little seed. That's what I was going to say. It does, even though, you know, I just touched it and I went, yeah, it's pretty wet.
0: But it does look kind of tight and dry and it's not, um, it's it's lost that sometimes they get really translucent. And I suppose that's when you know they've been
2: pumped with water. Definitely. Um, And they're crisp and um, these, you can enjoy them in a salad, you can Mm. eat them like that. But also you can make a quick pickle with them. I've taken oh, them yeah. to my mum yep. and some ugly-looking fennel, mm. and she's sliced and diced and boiled it in water with a little bit of vinegar Yes. and uh, then dra- um, put them straight into the jar with all that juice, yep. or she's even drained them off and covered them with oil. Yeah. And then you pull it out and you have it with... some um, as an entree, you eat a bit of cheese, a bit of my coca cola, a bit of brisciutto, oh, yeah. and then you go into your main meal. It's a hard life, mate, it oh, my really li- is.
0: My, my little heart is going. And then, of course, the Chinese.
2: The Japanese as well.
0: And the Japanese, the- but the Chinese is a Shanghai salad where you get the cucumber and you bash it pretty much. Okay, we're going, to do this. we're going to close this up quickly. Bash it up quickly you, uh, you sort of uh, cure it with a little bit of sugar and salt and then you add um, lots of chopped garlic a um, little bit of um, 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 corn flour to thicken it up. Uh, and uh, white wine, vinegar, sesame oil. Beautiful with hot food. Goes great with one We'll cool it down. Pick of the market, please. Pick of the
2: market. Okay. We had the beautiful fresh uh, garlic with a strap on the end from Werribee. Yes. The people, we sold more than we expected this week. It's all gone, so I oh, can't right. even show you one. Um, that you chop-chop the end first and then the head. You put that into a salad, you put it into omelettes, you put it into the cooking, whatever. whatever. And the rest, like I said, uh, the peas still good, asparagus is still peaking. Beautiful. A myriad of tomatoes to make the best salads, best soups, best cooking. You name it, we got to come out and have a look. There's an abundance of uh, fruit, an abundance of Chinese vegetables as well for stir fries and that. What else do you want in life? Kensington Prides oh. by the Box. We've eaten a box a week. Already. Hey. This this year we jumped on it. Alright, and what's for dinner tonight? Uh quick pasta quick tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow night's a different story. We're we're going out to a nice bistro somewhere I've been told. So we're going with that. Tomorrow night will be Ooh, different. But John tonight, f- just a quick one.
0: John family out on the town. John, as always, great to see you.
2: Yeah. Have yeah. a lovely day, guys. Bye.
1: This is a podcast from Triple R. An independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. (laughs) Woo! Ah, that's right.
2: Triple R.
0: We were doing uh, a big countdown because Sharon's here. Sharon Fleener from. The fermentary in Clifton Hill, which I have visited now, I'm very, very happy to say, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Mm, It's a pleasure. Well, you know, you've been a regular now for under how many years now? If we think about it, yeah, about a few footy seasons. Eight. Yeah, since you just put your, cast your, uh, hitched your horses on the fermentation wagon.
4: It it hits me. Clumsy
0: metaphors is my name. (laughs) Yeah. It hit you. The card hit you. So you went...
4: Yeah, and I was like, whoa, 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 for the last eight years. Yeah, Yeah, come on. (laughs) Drag me along.
0: Drag me along. Yes, I'm still here, though. And keep keep bubbling. And we thought we might um, uh, put a challenge to you in that Mm. uh, we talk about something that one of the great reasons that through history fermentation emerged was Mm. to preserve the uh, the surplus of, um, of harvest and things like that. And it was a great way to, well, first of all, not starve. So tick, mm, that's good. That we survive strange. until the next year.
4: Yep. It was the main – it was the reason we had agriculture. We could achieve – agriculture, really, rather than just growing a little bit of this and that and foraging. Yes. By being able to learn to store things and preserve them for later, we were able to grow more at one time.
0: I learned that from playing Civilization, the, the okay. granary um, <laughs> thing was always the best. I think I told Matt about <laughs> that, always get the granary Is that a first. board
4: game or online? Oh, it's
0: a, one of the great computer games of oh. all the time, where you go from... Mm, 3000 BC to launching. Oh, well, that sounds funny. Oh, it's a great game. But anyway, um, uh, we digress. Mm-hmm. Unnecessarily it's my fault. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ow! There we go. Soft <laughs> censoring Cam <laughs> Sharon, that hurt. <laughs> You're hurting me. So we thought we'd talk about lemons.
4: Yes, yes, please, because I've just moved and I have a giant lemon tree in my backyard.
0: Really? Lisbon or Maya?
4: I don't even know. I thin think, skin think it's not my It's, it's Yeah, you'll
0: know if it's a my because they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're different. They're more orangey than yes. lemony. No, this yeah. is
4: definitely the old-fashioned lemons that yes. you see all around Fitzroy or yes. Melbourne. And I'm walking around and it doesn't feel like um, – it feels like everyone has their trees loaded with lemons still.
0: Mm, it's been a good year yeah, for the lemons.
4: they're just dropping off the trees really into mm. my hand. So um, I've made loads of different things and I had a friend – up there looking at my beehive, and he was like, I think you've got another 100 kilos to go.
0: A 100 kilos? Yeah.
4: A, how can he look at things and weigh them in his mind? I don't know. That was amazing get,
0: to me. Yeah, you get good at but, that. Yeah. My estimation, like I have this thing where a ton equals a combi.
4: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah,
0: that's a good, it's a good visualisation.
4: I do it in cabbages. <laughs> right. There
0: you go. Yes, we have our units. Yes. I do. need to I the need experience. to turn down and have what does a cabbage weigh?
4: about three kilos for an average. You okay, can get so, them up to six sometimes. But okay, so if you cabbage. look at them in a on mass yeah. in a big you, buck, can, you, you know you, thing, you, then you you'd can, be like that's about a ton.
0: You could work it out because yeah. you've been doing a lot of kimchi to statue you off. Yeah? yeah,
4: kimchi and sauerkraut. Yeah. Yep.
0: But what can you do with a lemon?
4: Well, so, so many things and, yeah. and the leaves, but you can get the leaves all year round and the probably leaves. you'd want to use the young leaves um, right. if you're going to eat them more. But you can use them to flavour things, of course. They're, um, they're
0: great on a, with uh, fish yes. on, on a stick in a barbecue. Yes.
4: Well, I've read about people oh. using the young leaves in, in salads and things like that even. Really? Yeah, tender leaves. Well,
0: they want to be pretty tender. They young. would, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. However,
4: I made a giant batch of limoncello. And what is
0: limoncello? It's what?
4: It's yeah, what is Well, it? you know, I've made it with um, Hepburn Distilleries potato vodka, which is, so well, it's not vodka, it, it's, you know, it's 70%. So proof.
0: you... Whoa! I so, know. So, so you need... It's not, it's not a wine. No. It's a, it's a digestive.
4: spirit. So, can we call it a digestive?
0: Well, why not? Because
4: yeah, you have it after a meal quite often. Yes. And when I lived in Belgium, there was a little Italian restaurant in the corner and we would go there during school and have a lovely ladies lunch and then they would always say would you like a limoncello afterwards me like shall we Is is today one of those days and you know, all, I always me. would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, all I have to do is, you know, walk across the road and pick the girls up. And we walked home, by the way. Mm. Um, so, yes, I have fond memories you ne- of You didn't it.
0: get into any trouble anyway. Never. Is that what you're alluding no. to?
4: No. No trouble. Just no, no. relax. Relax. There's, um, there's
0: a certain glint <laughs> in Sharon's eyes She was saying that. Yes, I'm it's not pizza sure. Pizza for dinner. <laughs> okay, well, it's okay. So, it's a spirit that's been flavoured mm, with infused. lemon essential oils. Maceration or infusion? Oh, so,
4: you need to... You need to peel the, the lemon peel off yep. of quite a lot of lemons actually, to yep. you know if you're gonna make a decent batch. Yep. And you end up with you don't want the pith in there because no, that is it's bitter,
0: bitter and you become bitter and twisted. Exactly. Like, you no,
4: you can it. use the pith for jams and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you end up with having a lot of lemons after the limoncello. So yeah. I often put quite a bit of juice in mine, which isn't always a traditional recipe. Well, I'll you can
0: use the the juice for topping up your preserved lemons. You a could. lot of other things, yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, and, and water kefir and kombucha and things like that. So we've got yes. plenty of uses for that. But so limoncello is my favourite.
0: So – and um, gosh, this is probably – it would be remiss – of me, uh, not to mention that uh, you've actually written this down. And isn't yes. that fortunate that you've actually written this down Phew. into a publication
4: that is available for people to have? Yes, ah. it's true, and I actually referred to it the other day. <laughs> it's a fun yeah, here thing. Here it is. The funnest thing about writing a book is that you can actually refer to your own recipe.
0: <laughs> can um, I – this is – and may I introduce the book?
4: Yes, please. It is
0: called Wild Drinks by Sharon Flynn, um, and it is uh, uh, listed as the new uh, old world of small batch brews, ferments and infusions. May I give you my heartiest – Compliments. Thank you. On the colours on this, on this cover. This is one of the most beautiful greens I've ever seen. Thanks. Does it have a it name? Is a lovely
4: green. I better find that out. because yeah, you're not the first person to ask me that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, it, it looks. These are such Victorian vibey colours. Are they not? Is yeah. that you were going for an evocation I, of a, a another time?
4: Uh, well, I feel as though I'm trying to bring back the. You know, everybody should brew and, and infuse and ferment at home, really, because it just mm. does bring you back and slow you down a little bit and then you get rewarded with, you know, yummy things. Yes. And refreshing things, but also particularly women because we were the um, brewers. Yeah. And um, I don't know whether I gave that sort of description to Hardy Grant necessarily, but that's the vibe the book definitely has is to just well, good, um, good get good old brewing Hardy back Grim. into the kitchen. You don't have to have a shed, you know, where you go out and get all the equipment. Yeah. Everything in the book is saucepan Size, do you know what I mean?
0: Do you hear that, Matt? Yeah, so you don't need
4: a a shed brewing Mm. kit.
0: Okay, well, Mm. that um, uh, that sounds good. So uh, one of the things, this covers all sorts of drinks, but we were here to talk specifically to get on... And we've got about four minutes left. Oh. Um, Lemoncello, which is um, a whole bunch of uh, peels of lemon, so you're yep. going for the essentials, not so much the drink. Mm. You are then flavouring macerating or infusing. Macerating no, infu- is without... This is
4: infusing.
0: So there's a, you warm it up, do you?
4: No, I just pour it, alcohol over it.
0: That's a maceration. Then. Oh,
4: what do you call it
0: Infusion that? is with temperature, maceration oh. is room
4: temperature. Well, the whole book's ruined. Not at all. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, so I pour that over and you can let it only go for a week, but I'm – I usually let things go longer, just yeah. by what my nature. Hell, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then um, the second stage is making a syrup with sugar and lemon juice mm. and water. Yes, And lemon leaves.
0: Oh, that's what could... gives the viscosity. Yes. Yeesh. And then
4: you strain out the peel yeah. and, and mix those together and then leave them for a little while, which I would leave longer than a week, but mm. you could start drinking it after a week.
0: And then you whack it in the freezer and serve That's it
4: really nice. Ice cold. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: Just bring it out. I mean, I think it's a Pop- popular thing is to have a limoncello spritz, add some soda water to it. Oh, yeah. And that's, I've been offered that around the place.
0: There's some good spritzes and fizzes that you have in the book. There was a rhubarb fizz that looked kind of interesting, but yeah. I still want to keep on the lemon thing. Yeah, yeah. Because there is a drink that um, to me represents another era, um, certainly Wimbledon. Mm. Um, which is lemon barley water.
4: I can't believe you're bringing this up. Because Why? I was because it's spooky. Yes. No, it's totally spooky because I was yeah. driving here thinking, you know what, I hope I get a chance to talk about barley water.
0: <laughs> and because <laughs> oh, uh, the then you could say ferulic acid.
4: Well, I wouldn't have said that. I know.
0: Well, I would have, have said ferulic. don't forget
4: to keep the barley and make a salad out of it. Yeah. Um, and then squeeze lemon juice over the barley. You know, you've got this... Two forms there, but lemon barley water yeah. is delicious. And, and you don't see it around as much. No. So do you think it's a 70s thing?
0: I don't want to say that you're a 70s kid It was 60s, 70s. I'm old. I'm old. But I I remember it from the tennis because it was Robinson's uh, barley water would be the thing that they would be drinking um, between the things. But the great news about ferulic acid is it's an antioxidant and studies show that it can protect your cells from cancer causing damage and prevent tumour growth. So... Lemon barley water is a beautiful, refreshing thing, and it has a great viscosity because Mm. of the starch of the barley. Uh, and it satiates you, but it's also really, really good for you. And you have a recipe for it in this book oh, you, oh. called Wild Drinks by Sharon Flynn. Oh,
4: so wasn't that much of a coincidence. You do look it in my book.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: I, I thought you just thought of it. No,
0: no, 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 no. Uh, it, was, it was part of what I wow, was thinking great, of other things with lemons. And then we yep. would, Matt's never made preserved lemons. No. And you have 20 seconds to or tell us how to do it. just shove salt
4: in um, lemons that you've sort of chopped, but not all the way through. Yeah. And push them down and yeah. lock out the oxygen. Yeah. Another thing is to slice them and paprika, salt, paprika, salt, and then cover it with oil. Oh, That's delicious. Jesus. That's, that's a preserved Spanish, lemon.
0: Spanish preserved more, lemons. Yeah, more, delicious. More, Moorish. More, Are oh, We've got to go, don't uh, we? It, well, our, oh, Alex.
4: Is, don't let so, the lemons lay on the ground. That's what I'm saying.
0: The book is called, again. Wild uh, Drinks. Wild Drinks by Sharon Flynn. Uh, thank you for telling us the secrets of a limoncello. Uh Very, very lovely thing.